Did you know that 65% of marketing leaders in APAC view ABM as a crucial part of their marketing spend? And that the emergence of generative AI is transforming the marketing landscape? Want to learn more marketing insights? Well, download the 2023 State of Account-Based Marketing in APAC report with the link in the pod description. You'll have valuable data points and key takeaways all at your fingertips after the single click of the download button. Get your copy now and find out how you can transform your ABM game today. What's up, marketers, and welcome to another episode of the Growth Colony Podcast. I'm Liza from X-Growth to tell you that each episode we bring in B2B leaders to chat about how you can achieve those everyday wins in the marketing world. Whether you're new to the B2B game, working at a leadership level, or even just showing some interest, we know you'll love the episode. So grab a drink, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shaheen Hoda with X-Growth, and today I'm talking to your Klukman head of marketing at Finastra about why you should rethink the idea of being a data-driven marketer and what should you focus on in 2024 to win big. On that note, let's dive in. Jörg, thanks for joining us. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks for having me. I want to dive right in and let's have a chat about this. So you and I have bagged data-driven marketers a little bit. Tell me why. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think obviously both sides of the spectrum are important. People that are very data-driven, super analytical, right? But also creative people more on the other side of the spectrum. And what I saw in the last decade or, or even two, which makes me look pretty old if I say that, is that uh, marketing when I started my career, it was pretty much an art. You came up with crazy ideas, big ideas, big stories, and you told them. And then you almost like measured after you told the story, the effect of it. Uh, and over time, it, that, that changed. And that, it was good you know, that it changed. Everything became more, more data-driven. The data scientists become, became the most important people in marketing. Everything is being measured. And um, yeah, I think it, it, that, that's a good thing, right? Because only what you can measure, you can improve. But on the other side, I think what got missing is that creative angle. It are the people on the other side of the spectrum, are the crazy ideas. It's the stuff that sticks out. And I think this is a problem because most of the B2B software vendors, at least as I see it, are drowning in a sea of sameness. They all do the same stuff with the same colors, with the same creative, with the same words, with the same stories. Um, nobody has the creative vision or the guts to stick out. And I believe a large part of the reason is the data-driven approach, because if you do something new, if you innovate, it's very hard for you to predict pipeline impact, how much pipe will it source or influence, uh, what's the conversion rate going to look like. You probably have to ask, well, I... Hard to measure, period. Yeah, yeah. Or you just don't have an idea. And then in a second, somebody can shoot you down saying, oh, you know what, why should we invest money? If if, if you have no idea if it, it will be successful. Now... To bring that to the point, I believe Tesla would not be around today if the company would have been managed by data scientists. Because they all would have said, oh, there are all those cars out there and electric doesn't 
drive far enough and there are so many disadvantages. There's no way it's going to work. But somebody came or a group of people came, not just one person with a creative vision that said, well, let's let's try it out. And let's see if it's successful. So tilting the pendulum back to the creative side, that's what do you think is driving that shift, getting back into the cre- creativity? So I think um, most of the businesses understood the problem, they understood the challenge. And I think LinkedIn uh, is, is the channel that makes that challenge uh, or, or that problem very visible, right? If you look for ads from a certain category, B2B software marketing, maybe in a certain vertical, right? <clears throat> um, and you just look what most of the vendors do, it all looks the same, right? It all looks the same. And I believe many organizations uh, understood that it's time to tell big stories again in the right way, yeah? And to try stuff out and to differentiate. And I also believe uh, COVID was kind of an accelerator because everybody was betting on the same channels. Everybody was betting on the same formats, uh, webinars, virtual events, all that kind of stuff. But 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 nobody really thought about like what's what's the big thing, you know? What do we gonna do different? What's unusual, you know? What is an aha moment in in in, in the heads of our uh, um, the, ta- the the audience we're gonna target? You know, how can that look like? How how should it feel like? Like what's the feeling we want to create in people's mind, and how can we achieve that? You know, it was almost like going back to oh, okay, stock photography, some you know, content on top, we do some A-B testing and then we shoot it out and then we see what works best and this is it, yeah? So almost like an operational layer and efficiency layer while the effectiveness layer kind of was missing. Okay, so so let's say I want to go for that creative element, right? Because I feel like it's going to give me an edge in the market because I feel like a lot of other people are not doing it and therefore I want to take advantage of this, right? As a marketing leader, how do I set this up to make it a success? Mm-hmm. How do I set this up to actually work, right? Because there is the people aspect of it. There is, you know, th- there is the people aspect of it from your internal team of like what you want to do and what you should do. And then there is the the the, the management leadership aspect of it. Of like, okay, how am I going to sell this? You, you talked about this. So let's, yeah. let's talk about that. Yeah. The, the selling part first, how, if I'm a marketing leader, right? I'm like, yes, I agree with you, York. I got to, I got to get more creative. I got to, you know, yada, 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 all that stuff. But how should I be equipped to go and sell this to leadership? So, um, I mean, you, you gave parts of the answer already. And l- let me take a concrete example, how, how I did it. Yeah. So during COVID, I, you know, I experienced exactly what I described earlier. I went to LinkedIn, clicked on an ad, thought it's one of ours, was one of our competitors. Yeah, and I said, well, we, we got to do something different. There's something that 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 something unique we got to do. And back in the days, we came up with the idea to say, okay, if you want to tell big stories, we need to use video. We need to tell stories like Netflix or Disney is telling stories. Let's use video content. If we do that, if we invest in video uh, marketing. Where do we put those videos? Should we really put them on YouTube where we, where you can't place first party cookies? You can't manage the, the digital experience that people are being distracted by cat content or competitors. Is this really the right place to, uh, uh, to put your high value video content on? Probably not. So what should we do? We should probably build out our own streaming channel. Finastra is the financial services industry. We said, let's build the Netflix for the financial services industry. 
with different series for payments, lending, treasury, um, etc., with different episodes, with different seasons. So if you're in financial services, you go to Finastra TV to get full leadership content, use cases, all that kind of stuff. So it's quite an invest because you can't get that as a package solution. So you have to develop it and it costs money. Now, what did I do? I got back up from the C-suite. That's exactly what you mentioned, Shaheen, earlier, right? And the, the vision I, I painted was uh, <clears throat> we're going to do something unique. We build out the streaming channel. We're going to host different episodes for, uh, that are relevant for our uh, target audience. What does it bring us? It will bring us that um, our full leadership, our awareness piece will, will increase. It will help us because we can place first-party cookies. We can retarget people with relevant information. We can integrate the digital user journey, meaning if somebody watches a lending episode on Finastra TV, that person comes to our website, that person will see lending content on the homepage and vice versa. So the full journey is being integrated. Everything is feed, uh, fed into Salesforce. So our sellers see what content was consumed by a certain contact from an account so they can have a more meaningful conversation because they know, okay, green lending is relevant for them. And I drew out that, that bigger vision of an integrated digital user journey with innovative streaming content. And yes, I made a prediction on how conversion will get better and uh, our data will get better because we see the interest, product interest, etc. right? But this was more a guess. Um, and my play was more, let's do something that nobody else was doing. And I got the okay, I got the backup. And what I did next is I, actually what I do in general, I always try to allocate certain parts of my budgets for innovation. Right, so there's like an efficiency budget for retargeting, email automation, activation, everything, right? <clears throat> and there's a, another bucket chunk for experiments, right? Where we say, let's try stuff, let's see if we can innovate. And if it doesn't work, it's not not a disaster. We we can stop it, but but we use that to really try out new stuff to be ahead of the curve. Right now, that's a, a lot of that budget goes into AI. Yeah, what what can we do with that to explore that? I'll talk about that later. And and the third thing I would say, it's a super Loaded answer, I know. Uh, you, you need to give it time, yeah? Because um, if you build something new, it takes time to see it flourish. You make a mistake if, if, if you innovate something and you kill it in a year because it didn't work. Especially with our approach, right? A streaming channel works if you have a lot of content. Then people get back. Then people say, okay, I leave my contact data not just for a webinar, but I unlock a channel with like hundreds of video that are relevant to me, right? And that needs time to build up. So that's the third thing. Make sure you get the intention spend in your organization that, that you can really run it for proper time to see it grow. So how did you go about and sell that internally? Because so I, I get you kind of gave some ROI, but you probably gave that over like a three-year timeline, right? It's like, yeah. this is what we're going to see in three years. Did you yeah. have the issue of, of people saying, well, we really need to see results next quarter, or we really need to see yeah, results in the next six months. Of course. How did you how did of you course. tackle that specifically? Of course. I mean, it always depends to whom you talk. If you talk to to somebody that's in field marketing and needs to bring in the marketing qualified leads, make sure it converts to an opportunity that the opportunity progresses. That's the daily business. They would say, What a stupid idea. Why why do we need that channel? We need leads, you know, leads, leads, leads. Let's send emails. Let's do events. Let's do webinars, right? But those are probably not the people you should talk to about such a big idea. I mean, it will and it does generate leads, but it will take some time, you know. But then the kicker might be might be more intense because it's something new. It's not like the twenty thousand webinar. Um, so you got to talk to different people. And in my case, it was the C street. I spoke to the board. 
and they understood it. And they said, well, it's actually a good vehicle for Finastra to be seen as an innovative company with, with great new ideas and uh, that, that elevates our brand reputation. And, and they agreed to it. They gave me the backup to build it and to run it. And what makes me proud, I can say that, I see other companies doing the same, right? I was a, a week ago in Boston at a conference, a company called Acquia, Drupal, you might know the open source CMS. They just launched Acquia TV and we built our Finastra TV on Drupal. So they said, oh, great idea, we do it. The company we use for the streaming service, uh, Brightcove, they did the same. They launched Brightcove TV because they saw what we did with their streaming uh, technology. They said, hey, we would be stupid not to do the same. Companies are following that, uh, especially, or not especially, but a large trigger being the first party cookie that you can place on on your own digital entities. So that that, that is a large driver for them as well. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So let's say I got leadership buy-in. In order to really capture that essence of creative programs, what do you think about building the team? Like, what do I need in my team to make that happen? Well, you need a good creative team. And in your yeah. future, AI will, will support that. Yeah, but you need, you need good designers. There's no doubt about it. You need people with a creative vision. You need a strong brand architecture. There's no doubt about it. But within that brand architecture, you need to be able to see, okay, <clears throat> those are our big, big rocks for next year. Go to market big rocks, major campaigns or Finastra TV, whatever it might be. You, you should not have more than three. And for those three within the brand guidelines, you should develop an own creative identity. Could be certain colors of the palette, could be not stock, stock photography, but uh, pictures you, you create yourself from like real people, you know, um, or, or whatever it might be, illustration concept uh, could also be another way. But you develop a creative concept for a go-to-market big rock. For Finastra TV, we did exactly that. We said, okay, what are the um, uh, brand guidelines? How can we make Finastra TV look special? Okay, we, we go for a very, very black background, Netflix style. We create those tiles on top. We create um, a very unique backdrop for the videos so that it, it, it looks consistent. We do consistent intros and outros. Uh, we don't brand it, right? So we don't brand Finastra TV. It's not about the channel. It's all about the content, yeah? And then obviously you need to have good creative people that can turn it into reality. Got it. Got it. Okay. That is, I mean, first of all, that that that's a lot of investment, but I also completely see where you're coming from, where, you know, Taking that from the board and then building the team and then building the the approach and the go-to-market motion can be amazing. And I love that you have that example. The example is very strong. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think check check it out. Just search. I was gonna for say. Finastra I was gonna TV. say. Anyone anyone who's listening, <laughs> yeah. check out Finastra TV. Yeah. Um, so uh, so yeah, I, I think that's it's pretty cool. I, I I wish I wish we could kind of uh, dive into some of the ideas that you have for future. But uh, I'm not sure how much of that you want to share. Some of the some of the creative stuff that are coming down the pipeline. But uh, is is there something that uh, you're you're working on right now that we can talk about? Yeah. Um, so for Finastra TV and then a little bigger bigger picture, <clears throat> uh, one thing that we launch, well, hopefully in the remaining of the year, is uh, our user profiles, so that you get recommended playlists. You'll see the videos you, you watched and then did not finish. Uh, You'll get push notification if, if you chose a certain interest like, like green lending or, or, or payments or risk management, whatever it might be. You get a push notification and new content got uploaded. On the release side, when we do major releases, what we do is we, we launch seasons, like there's a green lending 
um, season we are working on with different episodes and that's going to be dropped and then we promote the season and then the next quarter we promote the next season. So there's, um, it, it's almost like two streams. One is to make the, the tech better integrated, to make the tech smarter when it comes to recommending content, um, make the integration uh, better with Marketo and Salesforce. The other stream is content. What's relevant content and how can we produce the content? What we do there is uh, we use the events we are having, but we don't film people at events and just put it on the channel. What we always do is we build up a little studio. Uh, we go to speaker and we say, hey, can you repeat what you just said, but not in 45 minutes, but in 50, right? Maybe in 10. And very often speakers are super happy about it because they say, oh, you know what? In 10 minutes, I can just straight go straight to the point. Yeah. All the other thing I had to build around to fill the 45 minutes, I don't need. Yeah. And that's also how we fill um, the content piece. So that's, that's what's cooking in Finastra TV. What's top in, uh, top of mind for me is really the, the adoption of uh, artificial intelligence in in yes, marketing because I, know. Um, and I want to touch on that. I want to touch on that. I want to <laughs> I want to dive into that. I know, I know you opened it. I was going there. I was going there. So so let's let's do that. Let's do that because I know yeah. you are really big on AI. You Finastra is really big on AI. So I'd I'd love to kind of talk about especially from both the balance between creativity and data where you know what are the yep. strategies or how do you see AI impacting that? It sounds so cliche, but it really is going to be a seismic shift. It's um, the impact's going to be massive. And I believe the vast majority of people, maybe especially in marketing, have no idea yet what it will really mean. And you're right, Finastra is um, one of the front runners in, in that AI movement for sure. Uh, I I was at a conference in Boston two weeks ago uh, at a CMO roundtable with like, I don't know, 30 CMOs from across the globe. And we talked about AI. And um, I was actually very proud to see how far advanced Finastra is with, with AI. We, we pushed our 7,000 people through intense AI training. We were one of the first companies on that globe that uh, that was using Microsoft Copilot. Uh, uh, we, we, we use it in R&D, legal, uh, provided guidelines. What does it mean for our intellectual property if code is being generated by AI. We use it in marketing for content generation and, and creative. Uh, we use it in all parts of the organization. And um, I, I use Copilot now, Microsoft Copilot, for a bit over two months, I believe. And I'm like, I mean, I'm easy to impress. <laughs> I must admit. But really, it's, uh, it's mind-blowing. It's, <clears throat> it's, it's, uh, it's incredible. And when we had the discussion at the CMO roundtable, it was really interesting because... The one CMO said, ah, okay, so that means with my five content marketer, I can produce five times as much content because AI will help them. And I said, yeah, yeah it's true. But the question is who consumes that content in the future? Will people read your white papers and your eBooks or will they go to their AI and just type in what's the best CRM solution and use the replies that come from the model and, and use that for a basis uh, of a decision for attack? So... Maybe we don't need white papers anymore. Maybe your content people shouldn't produce more content because people consume content differently. Same for SEO. You know, if, if that is the case, if you go to your co-pilot or your Bing chat and you just type in, I don't know, what's the best solution for that problem? You, you won't go to Google anymore. All right. So what do you do with your search engine marketing uh, approach? How, how do you rethink it? What about websites? Will people consume content on websites uh, still? Uh, like, sh should you? And could you influence models? There's a theory of well poisoning. So how could you influence 
the different sources where AI gets the data from? Is this something you should do or not? If yes, how would it work? How can your AI produce the amount of content you would need to do that? So it's really, if you think about it, the impact is going to be massive, 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 massive. And uh, during that discussion, <clears throat> it became clearer and clearer to me. And top of my agenda is really to have a content, uh, a, a concept, a, a roadmap for our marketing function, how to adopt marketing on the effectiveness layer and the efficiency layer. Because I believe if you are first here, you, 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 you can win a lot. And as I said, I believe many companies are not there yet. So you, you talked about how you're building the roadmap for it. Anything that you can, any indications that you can give us of like what is on the roadmap? You talked about efficiency, you talked about effectiveness, but like more practical stuff that you're looking at right now or it's on your radar? Um, again, you might not be able to share and, uh, and, and I completely understand, but is there anything that you can share or anything that is on your radar? Yeah, I can uh, share a few things. So most important thing is obviously enablement enabling all of the different functions to use AI uh, properly. But it's more than that. What I'm working on is something I call the AI-empowered CMO function, where AI really is your co-pilot in each and everything you do. And where I see the biggest level of AI, or one of the biggest levels, is that <clears throat> it relieves people from having to known tools, right? So... I'm a creative person. I really am, right? So that's why I have the Christmas lights on my bike. But I can't work Photoshop because I never learned it. In future, I don't have to know Photoshop anymore because I can work with prompts. Yeah, uh, Adobe Firefly can do that today. So I could say, give me a template from our uh, brand library. Give me a guy and a lady sitting at a desk, looking at a laptop, looking in the sky, put some text on top, uh, put a unicorn in the back, you know, stuff like that. And, and yeah, AI will do it and you can fine tune it. Same with, uh, with content. Actually, right now I'm working on a, on a, on a big campaign where I had to define a few use cases. Um, I used my Microsoft Copilot, uh, had a few smart prompts, uh, got content out of that that is publication ready, you know, so amazing. But that led to me to the thinking, if I can do it in like 10 minutes, everybody can do it. So why would people go to my document and read about it if they just go to their co-pilot and do it there, you know? But also for analytics, big challenge with Salesforce, for instance, at least for me, was always, oh, you have to create a script or a report and all that. In future, you don't need to know that anymore. You just put in a prompt, yeah? So, so ultimately, what I'm trying to say is, I believe it will really unleash the creative potential of people because they are not limited anymore by tool knowledge, but it will also unleash the analytical capability of people because of the same thing. You don't need a PhD in Salesforce to create reports. You can do it with prompts. And that will boost efficiency big time. And on the effectiveness layer, I believe this comes back to what we discussed earlier. You still need human brains to, to discuss, you know, what are the big rocks for our go-to-market do we need a creative concept? What's the budget? So I believe uh, that's the different level. Obviously, you use AI to get the data to understand, you know, what do we believe works or doesn't. But you have to define it. And then the, the efficiency layer, the operational layer, AI will be used heavily. Yeah. Another, another topic we discussed without wanting to bore you to death was email uh, marketing. Because it could be that email marketing is completely automated. Yeah. Create an email for that topic, shoot it out to the audience. But 
what it would mean on, on the other side is that very likely AI would, would receive the email and AI will interpret the email and AI might respond to the email and you'll end up with machines re reading or sending emails to machines. So, so you could, like, is this the discipline of the future? Yes or not? And I believe the organizations that really have answers to that and a strategy to that gonna lead the pack big time, yeah, because the tactics gonna change. And that's why it's top of my agenda. York, do you have any training that you have put the team through other than, hey, Microsoft has this training and we've put the team through? Are there any maybe independent training material that you have encouraged the team to go through? or, you know, courses that maybe you've subscribed to, you know, does anything come to mind yeah. on specifically on kind of AI for marketers? So there is Finastra training. It's three modules. Each module takes you around two days. Yeah? It, it developed in-house and every, like every person working for the company has to go through it. And it's only possible because our CEO, Simon Paris, is a strong, strong AI advocate. Like he pushes it through. And I believe it only works with that pace if the CEO is behind it. So th those are the training courses um, we have in-house. And it starts high level, what's the difference between AI and Gen AI and machine learning? And it goes into the, the ethics. It, it, it goes into what we have considered when it comes to bias. You know, we work with the financial services industry. How can you make sure that models are not being biased? Uh, what about the, the legal boundaries? I, I mentioned IP uh, before. So this is training we, we did. There, there, there is one book, and I don't get any commission, but one book I really like, it's uh, uh, that one, Marketing, Marketing Artificial, uh, Artificial Intelligence, Intelligence by yeah, Paul. Um, from a guy called Paul Rötzer. Paul Rötzer, he's the founder of the Marketing AI Institute. That's actually a, a pretty, pretty, good, uh, pretty good read. It's covering anything about analytics, what does AI mean for, uh, for comms, for PR, for content marketing, for service, for e-commerce, for SEO, for social media. So it's pretty, a pretty good read. There's another book I, I like. Um, it's 80% written by AI. It's called Impromptu. It's from a guy, I forgot his name, who, who founded LinkedIn. And he's interviewing... Oh, yeah. Um, Reed Hoffman. Yeah, I did, I did, I did yeah. see Reed Hoffman wrote it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's actually amazing. It was the first book I read that was written by AI. And he's interviewing AI. What's the positive impact you can have on, on um, healthcare, education, journalism, politics? what's the potential risk and AI is answering and uh, it's really also journalism is a big topic it's really it's mind-blowing and I I can only advise people here in the call take 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 the time because like when we discussed it in uh, at that conference we we all agreed that the magnitude is like the industrial revolution or the agricultural revolution or the computational revolution it's going to be an AI revolution and it's going to change the landscape big big time and it, 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 it will happen. It's inequitable, you know? So you, you better get ready and you better get the skills and you better have a pen, yeah? Um, you know, what, what it could mean to you and your job and what skills you need. It's, it's a wise investment to, to take the time. I love it. I love it. Are you struggling with your campaigns? Maybe they're not performing as well as you thought they would. Well, luckily for you, the team at Xgrowth have nailed the art of account-based marketing. So if you'd like to know more about how you can hop on the ABM train, book a free consultation with the account-based marketing experts at Xgrowth to help you get started with your ABM journey today. York, this has been an awesome conversation. But before we wrap up, I want to ask a couple of rapid-fire questions. 
Ready? All right. Let's do this. Yes. Okay. We've talked about a couple of books here, but I want to know yeah. what is one resource? It could be a book. It could be a blog. It could be a podcast, whatever it is. But one resource that fundamentally changed the way you work or live. What comes to mind? Uh, growth Colony. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. No, no. Beside Growth Colony. Beside Growth Colony. Number hey, two. My- number two. Life-changing, life-changing. Well, I like the B2B marketing podcast. B2B growth is great. When it comes to books, they said the marketing artificial intelligence, great read. Play Bigger is pretty good. Own the room for like building your personal appearance or brand is, is pretty good. So those are probably like the, the things that influence me most. I love it. I love it. That's, uh, that is Play Bigger is, oh, Play Bigger is the category creation. Uh, yes, 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 yes. That's yeah. a great read. That's a great read. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. That's, that's the book. That's a great book. That's a great book. All right, question number two. If you could give one advice to B2B marketers, what would it be? Yeah, I, AI. Get upskill <laughs> on AI. Just AI. Just AI. That's it, guys. Yeah, really. If you would ha- have asked me half a year ago, it would have been completely different. It would have been about like create like every business problem is an idea problem, get creative skills, build your brand. But right now it's AI. Make sure you understand what's ahead of us and understand the magnitude. Because I mean, as I said, the AI I work with today like blew me away from, from its capabilities, but it's the most stupid AI I will ever work with because it, it progresses so fast. It's, it's insane. Yeah. So you, you better get ready for it. It is. It is. I love it. Okay. Question three. Who are some of the influencers? We've already named a couple of people, but who are some of the influencers that you follow in this space? So as I said, Paul Ritzer, great guy, good book. Anne Handley uh, from Marketing Profs, also pretty good. Follow her on LinkedIn. Uh, Michael Brenner, good CMO. Like his content as well. Pretty good. Awesome. Awesome. Last question. What's I, I know the I feel like I know the answer to this. What is something that excites you about B2B today? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what, what excites me about B2B is, is, is the tech, always was the tech. Uh, these days, obviously, AI. Yeah? But even if it's tech heavy, I like that you can also combine creativity with tech. Right, You need both sides of the spectrum. I found that very interesting as well because normally it's like really like on two opposite ends. What I like about it as well is, at the end, humans sell to humans. Right? You need to build relations. You need to build trust for your brand, for yourself if you want to be successful. And ultimately, it's really the, the pace in B2B marketing. It's really the innovation. I mean, at the same time, I hate it as well because like, it feels like every second year, it's a different universe. On the other side, it makes it super exciting and, and super fun. Yo, this has been an awesome conversation. Just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast and, uh, and sharing all the insights. Pleasure, Shaheen. Re- really good. Enjoyed it a lot. Today's episode of Growth Colony was produced by Alexander Hipwell and Liza Maywald. It was edited by Dave Semedo with additional editing by Liza Maywald and music arrangement by Alexander and Liza. Special thanks to Tina Wabe. We couldn't make the show without you. Growth Colony is hosted by Shaheen Hoda, Director of Growth at Xgrowth. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Do you think you'd be a great guest or just keen for a chat? Send through an email at podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's podcast at xgrowth.com.au. 
that's all for now. We'll catch you next week right here on Growth Colony.